everyone. It is so great to be back with you. My name is Chris Ashley. For those of you who I don't know yet, who haven't listened to my content, and I am a life coach. I'm an author. I have a book coming out soon called uh, Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality. I'm so excited. Just a little update on that. It just went through final editing. Just a little plug, shout out for Deborah Hartman, editor extraordinaire. She is such a pleasure to work with, such a pleasure to co-create with. I had such a wonderful experience. And now it's off to my publisher, Helping People Press, led by Ken Dunn. And I'm just really, really excited to just keep going with this journey and see it come to fruition. So let's see, what other housekeeping? Uh, definitely share, like, subscribe, all of the things, comment. Uh, if you head over to change your mind to change your reality.com, you'll be able to sign up for my newsletter. And once you do, I will gift you a free PDF guide. It's going to help you create design, manifest your dream life, get started doing it in as little as a week. So I'm really excited about that. I put a lot of love and heart and thought into that. So go check it out. It's a little gift for yourself. All right. So today we are going to talk about forgiveness and Forgiveness is so, so important in the process of healing and learning and growing. You know, we are here to have experiences and learn and grow as humans in this, you know, container that we call life. And all of this work that we've been talking about, manifesting your dreams, using the law of attraction, if you're holding on to low vibration emotions like anger, blame, guilt, resentment, envy, uh, self-pity, all of these things, they are going to unconsciously dictate your life. And all of these other things that you're working on with the law of attraction and all that, it's going to be for nothing. So forgiveness is so, so important. And that's why I'm going to really dedicate some time to it today. So, so many people have a really hard time with forgiveness. And I've had a hard time with it myself in the past, because we tend to think that we need to demand an apology from someone. Someone else has to apologize before we can forgive them. But here's the thing. Forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you. There's this amazing Buddhist quote that goes something like, holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot coal with the intention of throwing it at someone else. You are the one that gets burned. Oh, I just have something in my eye here. Okay. So forgiveness is not about the other person. You don't even have to talk to the other person in order to forgive them. There's some tips and tricks I do with my uh, private coaching clients that help them forgive without even ever talking to the other person. Again, this doesn't have to be like a face-to-face -face thing. It's about you releasing something, right? Something that you're holding onto. Because when we hold on to repressed emotions, they can turn into things like disease, right? Disease means dis-ease. They can come out in ways that you don't want them to, often directed at people that you... Um, have a negative lens towards, or sometimes people you love. And we'll talk about that in a later episode, maybe next week even. But for now, let's get back to forgiveness. So we tend to hold or we tend to view people that we um, perceive to have done us wrong as monsters, right? Because it's easier for us to hate them if we think of them as monsters. So we flip in our mind, we rewrite every 
uh, interaction we've ever had with them and flip it into something evil, right? So that every single thing that they've done or said has been this like evil thing, right? They've had bad intentions. And we just like look at them with this filter over our eyes. And again, this is because it's easier for us to feel this hatred towards them if we view them as monsters. But if you can learn to change your perspective about the people that you feel have wronged you, this will totally and completely change your life. So rather than viewing them as monsters, I encourage you to view them as teachers. When someone is your teacher, you are always learning. And the truth is everyone that we meet in life is our teacher. And everyone has something to teach you, right? Every single person that you come across in your day-to-day life, from the homeless person you walk past on the street to your boss to your children, all of these people have something to teach you. And the same goes with every life circumstance that you find yourself in. Every life event has something to teach you. And all these things give you the opportunity to learn. But it's up to you to be open and receptive to that lesson, right? You have to get past your anger. You have to get past your hate. And then you can learn. So there are two ways to turn a monster into a teacher. The first way is to think about um, ways that that person has helped you in life. Think about nice things that they've said to you. Think about good things that they've done for the world, for humanity, for the planet. You know, everyone has different versions of them and it's up to you of what version of them you look at, right? Again, you could see them as a monster. You could see them as someone helpful in your life. And, you know, another great way to like think about doing this is like there's people in that person's life that love them usually, right? We hope. And like what version do those people who love that person see of them, right? What good do they see in them? What good have they done for you? What good have you observed them doing in others? What qualities do they have that you admire? So the second way to turn a monster into a teacher, let's say that you're like, there is nothing good about this person. There is nothing redeeming about them. There is no one in their life that loves them. Everyone just like hates this person. Like, okay, probably not. But for the sake of argument, let's just say that's true. The second way to turn a monster into a teacher is to recognize ways that they've helped you grow. You have a soul contract with this person. They are here. They were put into your life to catapult your growth. So how have they helped you grow? Have you learned to set more healthy boundaries? Have you learned to step into your power more? Maybe you've learned to be more patient or more kind or more compassionate. Whatever it is, they've probably done something to help you grow. And when you start to look at people through this new lens and you see this new side of them, that is what you're going to attract, right? Because it's all about the law of attraction. Whatever you get emotional about, you call more into your life, right? That's why fighting something outside of yourself isn't the way to change anything, right? Like so many people go out there and they're like, I want to fight the system or I want to fight this or fight that or fight this illness. But when you fight something, when you interact with it, it's like the Facebook algorithm, right? The, it's like, oh, this is what you like. This is what you're interacting with. Like, cool. We'll send you more of that. Like that's what the universe is like. So 
when you instead focus on their good qualities, their redeeming qualities, when you learn to see them in this new light, you're going to keep getting that version of them. On the flip side, when you keep thinking of them as a monster and you keep focusing on these negative qualities that they have, you're going to get more of that into your life, right? And you're going to get not even that, you're going to get, or not only that, but you're also going to get more circumstances into your life that make you feel like the victim, make you feel like people who have wronged have wronged you. You're going to get more people in your life like that because until you learn a lesson, you're going to keep getting that lesson over and over in slightly different ways through slightly different people, but it's going to be the same type of person. It's going to be the same type of situation. It is up to you to stop this pattern, stop this paradigm from happening. It is in your power. You can do this. So there's a story, a little teaching story I like to tell when I think about flipping my perspective about people. So imagine you're in your house one day and you hear this meowing from outside and you go to check it out. And in the corner of your yard, you see this black and white cat kind of huddled in the corner. And you're like, oh, I love kitties. Like, I'm going to go, going to go say hi to that kitty. And you go over to say hi to it and it arches its back and it hisses at you and it gets into this really defensive mode. Maybe it kind of swats at you. And your first reaction might be like, oh, wow, that cat is mean. That cat is evil. That cat is nasty. But if you stick around for a minute and look a little bit closer, you might see that that cat's leg is bleeding and you're like, oh my gosh, this cat is hurt. This cat was attacked by something. And then if you keep sticking around, you might hear some little news coming out from behind it. And if you peek over that cat, you might see four tiny baby kittens with their eyes still closed. And suddenly your perspective shifts, shifts from one of fear to one of compassion and empathy and concern and understanding. And you can do the same thing with the people in your life. Um, you know, there is often so much going on below the surface that you have no idea of. Everyone is going through something. Everyone is fighting some kind of battle. Everyone has a story, right? And oftentimes what people project out onto the world isn't there like, underlying issues, right? It's whatever mask they've created, whatever armor they've created that helps them feel safe as they move through life. And like, that's their own, their own thing to work on, right? Like that's not healthy either, but that's what ends up happening. You know, oftentimes people that kind of look unapproachable or look really, or act really defensive or, or really argumentative, like chances are they've been hurt and they are like, shouldering some deep wounds, some deep pain. And like, again, that is their thing to work on. Like, that's not healthy. I'm not excusing that, but everyone has a story. Everyone has a lens through which they view the world, just like you do. I still something in my eye. Um, okay. I was going to add one more thing to that and it totally just slipped my mind. So we will move on. Okay. So those are kind of ways to, oh, I know what I was going to say. So oftentimes people are not out there trying to like create chaos and havoc in your life. Like they are not out there to get you. They are not out there trying to hurt you. They are not out there even like purposely trying to hurt you. And like a lot of times they might not even know that they hurt you, but we tend to take things so, so personally. Like everyone is so wrapped up in their own shit, in their own head. 
there's this poet I love, Lane Thomas, and he has this amazing line in one of his poems uh, called On the Day You Read This that goes, no one's really judging you when you walk into a room. And all they really want to know is if you're judging them. Everyone is so wrapped up in themselves. And you're out there thinking about how it affects you, how their behavior affects you. And all they're thinking about is how it affects them, how things affect them. And this is where like so much misunderstanding, miscommunication happens because we make these like split second assumptions about people and they're making split second assumptions. And, you know, oftentimes the way that we expect people to show up or the way that we perceive them is how they're going to show up. Just like I was saying about the Facebook algorithm, if you see a version of someone, that's the version you're going to keep getting. And if you expect someone to show up in a certain way, they're going to show up in that way, right? You are manifesting it and you are putting that energy out onto them, projecting that onto them. And they are going to mirror that right back to you because we are all mirrors. We are all reflections of each other and we are all connected. We're all one. We're all pieces of source. We're all pieces of the same thing. So while you're going around forgiving everyone else, it is so important to forgive yourself too. You know, we all play a part. Sometimes you might be contracted to play the villain in someone's life, right? We all have soul contracts with each other. And we have soul contracts with each other because we are friends on the other side of the veil, right? We we agree to play this part in each other's life to help each other grow because it's the people who really like rub against you that you learn the most from, that you grow the most from. Those circumstances, those dark nights of the soul, those those difficult things that you go through, those are what you can learn the most from. You can learn the most from. Again, you have to make the choice to see the lesson, right? You can either hold on to resentment and get bitter, or you can forgive and get better and learn the lesson and then let go of the emotion attached. So it's important to forgive yourself too. And we can like feel so guilty, right? We can beat ourselves up if we make a mistake, if we accidentally hurt someone's feelings, if we mess something up by accident. And it can make us feel so guilty, so unworthy, so unlovable. It can strip us of our confidence and we can beat ourselves up. And this can go on for like ever. Like some people beat themselves up for years, for decades, for a lifetime. But here's what I like to say, like, if there is an amount of time where you feel like, okay, I can finally let this go. I've like paid my debt because here's the thing. Guilt is punishing yourself before someone else has a chance to, right? Growing up, we've got punishment from our parents, our guardians, our teachers, our religious leaders, the police, like God, like we expect our, all this punishment from all of these people. But there's no punishment coming. Guilt is you doing it to yourself and it's a low frequency vibration. So if there's an amount of time where you're like, okay, I've paid my debt. I've felt guilty. I've beat myself up. Like now I can finally let this thing go. I've like suffered enough. If there's an amount of time where that's true, then why can't that amount of time be right away? Why can't you just let that go? Sorry, my alarm went off. Um, and, and release it now and forgive yourself now. Like what's the difference between doing it now or a year from now or 10 years from now? I mean, the difference I'll tell you is that you get your life back, right? <clears throat> you get to heal. So we have become so good at coming up with ways where, why we should feel guilty, right? We are so, so good at that. 
you can use that same skill set to come up with reasons why you are innocent. Okay. So think back on anything in your life that you've been holding on to that you feel guilty about. Start to come up with ways while you are innocent. And like honestly, most of the time when we really dig into this, we find that we're holding on to guilt. We're blaming ourselves because we didn't have the knowledge we have now. We're innocent. Or we were just doing the best we could with what we had at the time. And like, you wouldn't punish a child for making a mistake when they didn't know any better, right? When they didn't have that knowledge that they have now. So why is it any different with you, right? Like you are the same as that child. So come up with reasons that you're innocent. That's it. And you might say that you're lying to yourself by doing this, but here's the thing. Everything that happens is neutral. Events that happen to you are neutral. Things that people say to you are neutral. Things that you say to others are neutral. Um, everything, people, things people do to you is neutral. Like 500 people can see the same event and look at it from 500 different points of view. And what, what one person sees is harmful, another sees is helpful. You place meaning on top of events and things that people say and do and things that you say and do. You place meaning on top of it. You decide if it's good or bad. You decide if it's harmful or helpful. You decide if it's triggering or unimportant or it doesn't matter or it's worth getting upset about, right? You are in control of that and you can change your mind. You can completely, completely change your mind about that situation. So all you're doing is rewriting your story. We all have a story. You are the director of your own story and you can rewrite it. So you're technically lying to yourself either way, whether you decide it's a bad thing or whether you decide it's a good thing because you are just placing meaning on top of it. And here's the thing. When you really step back, forgiveness is a paradox because forgiveness is only required when you place blame, okay? And the four agreements teaches us that we are so good at, at, um, labeling ourselves or giving ourselves the role of judge and victim. Okay. We, we think that we're the judge. We think that we're the victim and this is all projection of ego. And I've talked about ego in past episodes. If you don't know what I'm talking about there, but go listen, but we, it is not our job to judge and we are not victims. We are not victims of other people, of circumstances, of like anything. Okay. Um, no one can hurt your true self. You are a universal light being manifested here as a human right now. It's like when you're, it, it, you have an avatar, right? Your body is your avatar your mind is your computer and you are this thing that sits behind those two things, the, the computer and the avatar and use them to navigate this life. But just like how, when your avatar in a video game gets hurt, your true self does not get hurt no matter what. So people can try to hurt you, right? They can insult you. They can criticize you. They can try to humiliate you. They can threaten you. They can try to scare you. They can even do bad things to your body, but unless you give them the power, they cannot take away your happiness. They cannot take away your peace of mind and they cannot hurt your true self because your true self is not of this realm, right? When you die, you, you wake up, 
right? Technically we're sleeping right now. And when you die, you wake up and you're on the other side of the veil and you can see things clearly and you remember your life plan and you remember all your past lives and you connect with these other souls who played the villain in this life. And what's that Rumi quote? That's amazing. It's like, this place is a dream. Only a sleeper considers it real. And then death comes like dawn and you wake up laughing at what you thought was your grief. That's it. And it's so beautiful. And it just gave me goosebumps, even though I stumbled through it because it's just so powerful. So paradox. So, so here's the thing. Forgiveness is a paradox, right? When you forgiveness is only required when you place blame on someone. But if you withdraw that blame, if you decide to change your mind about the event or the situation or the thing they said or did or the thing you said or did, then forgiveness isn't even necessary because you're not blaming. Forgiveness is like the final illusion that just undoes it all. And there's no judgment, really. Like when you go back to source, there's no judgment. No one's judging you for anything you did in your life. There are people who have had near-death experiences who report like just pure unconditional love that everything they did in this life was not judged and they were loved unconditionally. There's an amazing book by Anita Morjani called Dying to Be Me. She had an NDE. She had terminal cancer um, for four years and she went into a coma because her organs shut down and like the doctors were like, this is it. She's done. Like, you know, everyone come say good, your goodbyes. And she went to the other side of the veil and, um, she realized that it was all because of her own fear and she had the choice to come back, but she felt no judgment, just pure unconditional love for everything. And she came back and she started being able to, like, she said she lost her ability to, by the way, she came back and she was cancer free. Her cancer went away and doctors like could not explain it. Um, but she came back and she was like, I lost the ability to discern good from bad, right from wrong, because I, I was judged for nothing. So I started having compassion for all of these like terrorists and all of these like perpetrators and criminals in the world, as well as their victims, because there's no us and them like victims and perpetrators. Like we're all, we're all one, right? That's what she felt. We're all one. And, you know, People, people who have done bad things like rapists and murderers and thieves and, you know, anyone that like pillages, like just those kind of people are hurting deeply and badly. They feel lost. They feel frustrated. They feel confused. They feel broken. They feel helpless and powerless and full of self-hatred. Um, there is this amazing quote from A Course in Miracles that says, every act is either an expression of love or a call for love. And I think about that all the time. Whenever someone's like rude to me or like snappy at the grocery store or whatever, like I just repeat that phrase because um, it's so powerful. And, you know, it all these people are calling out for love, right? Chances are they received very little love when they were growing up. And if we turn from them in coldness, we confirm to them that the world is like a cold, dark, cruel place. But if we help them heal 
then we teach them a new lesson about the world, right? That's how we heal not only a sick person, but a sick society, because we are all connected. And what happens to one of us affects everyone else, right? There is a cosmic canvas that intertwines all of us. And when we help to raise the level of consciousness, raise humanity, like that, that's how you do it. You, you heal yourself, you help heal others. And then you can like give a lifting hand to everyone else rather than like kick people when they're down. So yeah. And maybe once you help these people heal, they can bring great gifts to humanity. There is this tribe in Africa called the Babemba tribe. And I might be mispronouncing that apologies if I am, but they have this amazing, amazing ritual and it is so inspiring. So anytime a member of the tribe, like quote unquote, does something bad, like they, you know, whatever, they've done something wrong, rather than being like outcasts, they are brought into a circle in the middle of the tribe and like everyone stops what they're doing. Like no one works, like everyone from children to elderly come and they form a circle around this person. And then each person tells the, the accused or whatever you want to call them, that the person in the middle, something good about themselves. They remind them of something like good that they've done, a happy memory. Sometimes they've helped someone, um, a skill that they have. They, they just, they shower them with these things and they really take their time and explain it. So the person really hears them. And then they go around and everyone in the circle does this. And sometimes it takes days. It can take a really long time. And at the end, they have a celebration where they ceremoniously welcome the person back into their tribe. And that's how they deal with it. That's how they deal with people who've done wrong because they know that they're hurting. And if we could all take a lesson from that and learn to look on others with compassion and love, love is the ultimate healing tool, right? That's, that's what it's about. It's about love. And then I'll just end this whole, this whole podcast with, um, one final thought. Like if you're still having, uh, trouble forgiving the people in your life, I invite you to consider the story of Corey Tendum. So Corey Tendum, um, and her sister and her father were all thrown into a Nazi concentration camp during world war II when they were caught uh, hiding Jews to help them get away. And her sister and her father both died in the camp and she somehow miraculously survived. And she set up these recovery centers for people once the war ended for, for former prisoners. And one day she was out and she recognized this Nazi guard and it was a Nazi guard who had been particularly really cruel to her little sister. And the guard asked her for her forgiveness and she gave it. And she felt such a release from giving that forgiveness that she spent the rest of her life traveling the world and teaching forgiveness. Like forgiveness sets you free. That's it for now. Again, head over to change your mind to change your reality.com. Um, join my newsletter. I'll send you a free PDF guide and, um, yeah, I won't spam you or anything. I'll just keep you updated on my book and everything else. Share this, comment, subscribe, follow me for more. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day, everyone.